This is the Humerian Health Podcast. Spilling our guts for the well-being of yours. This is the Humerian Health Podcast. This is Dr. Sean Benzinger here with Amy Baker again. Yes, you are. Yay. And I even said it correctly, so I'm... The I'm, Humerian Health Podcast or yep. Amy Baker? Um, I think I did them both. <laughs> and that's a, that's a big step up, I know. It is. Isn't that terrible? It's our own podcast I struggle with. I don't it's, it's the Humerian. It's Humerian. Human, that's easy. For yeah. some reason, the Humerian, it just, my M gets stuck in my lips. It's just <laughs> terrible. So anyhow. Anyway. <laughs> so we're here today with... Oh, Laura Stevens. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Who has recently authored a book called Solving the Puzzle of Your ADD, ADHD Child with Natural Alternatives for Hard-to-Raise Children. So we're super excited to learn yeah. more about what is in that book and just the research that she's done. So, uh, Laura, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Now, you've been in this field how long? I mean, just field of healthcare, and, and uh, I know you did a lot of past research and, and things, and you're at Purdue University, right? Whoop, whoop. Yep. That's right, Park. Part time now. Part time. Yeah. Um, I've been I've been writing books about diet and behavior since the mid seventies. Oh, okay. Uh oh. So yeah. she's a youngster. She's she's might even be my age. <laughs> uh oh, nobody's that old. <laughs> Good job. Good job. That's usually left for Amy and, I know. and you just I was, stepped right in there. I know, I just left done. it open. I had a feeling Laura would come <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah, you guys are like kindred yeah, yeah, spirits yeah. there. Well, so give us a little bit. I mean, I know you've researched a bunch of different topics because we were talking off air about um, the, just the different health conditions and stuff. But why ADD, ADHD? Like what drew you mm-hmm. to that sort of um, condition and that audience and to write this book? Well, I had uh, two children with uh, allergies that affected their behavior, and then I had a really close friend who had two sons with severe ADHD, and uh, we talked about diet a lot, and then the Fine Gold Diet came along in the 70s, and so she tried that, and the children did really, really well. So um, she said, you know, you need to write a book about that, (laughs) so I did, and that was my first book, and and I wrote several about ADHD as she and I learned more about ADHD and natural uh, approaches. And then in the uh, mid-80s, late-80s, I decided to return to grad stu- uh, school to earn a degree in nutrition science. So I mm. earned my master's about 1995. Oh, great. That's wonderful. Okay, that makes sense. So you've had an interest in this for a long time because, and this is so frequent, that one of the children will have something, and it it you, you probably already had interest, but it drives it deeper, doesn't it? It does. It does. Sure. Yeah. So for our listeners out there, if their parent and their child has been recently, or I mean, maybe at all, diagnosed with ADHD at any point, and are trying to learn more, what kind of what should they be thinking about first? Like, where do they start once they're they're they've had a diagnosis? Well, I think it's important uh, to clean up the diet. And what I mean by that is to remove all artificial food colors, uh, flavorings, and preservatives from the child's diet. That would be step one. Mm-hmm. And these are made from petroleum. I don't know that we really want to ingest these. Oh, wow. There are seven food dyes that are uh, approved in the United States by the FDA. They're red number three, red 40, yellow number five, yellow number six, blue one, blue two, and green three. And you can discover which products have these by looking at the ingredients label. They must be listed. And so keep in mind that the the dyes that have numbers after them are really not 
not so good. And food manufacturers use these to standardize products so that Orange mm-hmm. Crush in New York looks exactly like Nor- Orange Crush in That's California. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, they, and also in the processing of some foods, um, the color is, is decreases, so they add more dye or they add dye to bring up the, the color. And then if, you, if they're making a flavored food like strawberry something, then they've got to add red dye so that it gives you the idea of strawberries, mm-hmm. even though there may be no strawberries in it. And then they, they do this because children love the bright colors. Right. That's what I was going to say is that kids, I mean, bright colors, like fruity flavors, I mean, we're kind of conditioned as a society, I think, to, I don't want to name like brands or whatever, but mm-hmm. I think of like, you know, fruit leathers and things like that, where it's like they want the fun. I mean, I think there was even purple ketchup at one point in time that was targeted at oh, kids. Gosh. I never got to try that. Yeah, I know. Exactly. I, I don't think it, I don't think it. ketchup too. I, I never yeah. got to try that either. Yeah. I don't think it lasted on the market very long, but um, yeah. So that's really interesting about the food dyes for sure. Well, and, and also, aren't we trained as when we were adults? I mean, uh, we're little bit older but when you went well, you to pick are. your own fruit and you know back then you used to have your own fruit trees and stuff like that and what did you look for you looked for the grapes that were the brightest richest color sure. mm-hmm. so it really that's wasn't true. different so it kind of works for the mom that's buying it too yeah for sure that's true i hadn't thought of that yeah yes but well, you're right and so you specifically when you were when you answered that question said in the u.s yeah these things are are happening. So we have l- listeners and, and folks all over the world. I mean, I'm curious, I guess, is the U.S. a standalone country in terms of its use of these dyes? Or is this just kind of how all processed food is made regardless of where you are, if you're in Europe or India or China or whatever? No, actually, um, um, in, in the U.K., they had a couple of studies that showed that the dyes affected um, the children they were testing uh, not only the ADHD ones, but some other children, too. And so the European Union uh, requires that all labels on packages that contain foods that have dyes added, they have to carry a label. And the label is that may have adverse effect on activity and attention in children. Now, the FDA convened a group to, to study this, and it was very close to passing something like that. But they they went against they it never happened. Mm. Now why do you think that? I was happened, like, ah, oh, food lobbies. Why, mm, <laughs> yeah, lobbies. I don't know. You Let think the see. food manufacturers have oh, a really I, strong interest in well, this? Well, I'm thinking the whole board got new cars by the time they were ready for that vote, or something happened. Isn't that odd? I mean, it's just I, I we don't, don't protect I don't our know own what people. Happened. It's weird. I don't know. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, so, I think that we all can intimate. <laughs> I think we can. Yes, uh, you give can, an but idea. we're but we're not going. That's to right. I know Laura's not doing it, but I am. Okay. <laughs> well, so okay, so we talked about food coloring and the fact that some of them are petroleum based, and I don't know the thought of eating Vaseline, which is also petroleum based. I think sounds kind of mm-hmm, gross mm-hmm, to me, mm-hmm. but so that I just like to mention that that a, a parent can actually test their child for these dyes if you buy the and I describe this in the book. If you buy the little bottles of McCormick food dyes or French mm-hmm. French's food dyes mm-hmm. in the box mm-hmm. and put a couple drops of each in a glass of water, then um, and it'll look kind of muddy mm-hmm. because of all the colors added. And let your child drink that. You might have him read a book to out loud to you before, see how he is, and then see how he is afterwards. Hmm. And, That's uh, a very good idea. Something people can do at home. Yeah. That's Poison right. your child That's and see right. how now, they do. 
obviously you don't want to do this before church and you don't <laughs> want to do it before, right. yeah, before school. school in the morning. Before the big so test maybe in a the weekend, weekend day. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, that is actually but that's I think a brilliant that idea. Parents really need need to realize that some of the that, that a lot of this is very deceptive. Like at Purdue we measure the actual amounts of dyes in foods and beverages. And so I bought two kinds of strawberry milk to test. One was um, colored with red number three, and the other was red number 40. And there were no strawberries in the mm-hmm. milk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, all a parent has to do is take a glass of milk and dr- drop a couple of frozen strawberries for a soft serve and a little bit of sweetener like xylitol or monk fruit or stevia, something like that. And they'll have instant strawberry milk with real uh, strawberries healthy. in it <laughs> yes with actual real strawberries in right, it yeah right, right. so there so are if, if you buy if you buy a strawberry sundae at mcdonald's in europe it won't be color it won't be colored but if you buy the same thing in the united states it has red dye in it i did not know that. interesting huh that is really interesting. Now i'm gonna have to go to europe and check that out <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> so we've talked about artificial food colorings i'm sure there are other things so we I've heard a lot about like corn syrup yeah. and how things are sweetened. Mm-hmm. So is that yes. kind of, does that have, talk to us, I guess, about the other role that that plays with children that sure. have ADD and ADHD. Well, I think most people in the United States are addicted to sugar. It's an actual addiction. It makes you feel better temporarily and then the feeling subsides and you need more sugar to bring it back again. And it's a, it's just not a good situation. And we actually have an evolutionary preference for sweet things. Uh, in our mother's womb, the, the amniotic fluid tastes slightly sweet. Mm. And then when we're born, the breast milk and, or the formula sure. is sweet. And this is, of course, is to, to encourage the child to, to grow and thrive and everything. But then when they start eating regular food, the food manufacturers add tons of sugar and corn syrup to these things. And, and so we become addicted to the, to the sugar. Now, you talk about corn syrup. Are you also inferring the high-fructose corn syrup? Yeah, the high-fructose corn syrup. Yeah, that should just be avoided completely. Okay. You don't want to have any of that. The fructose in it is metabolized a little differently than the glucose and sugar. But sugar is not good either. And uh, if your child is, say, overweight or he craves sweets or he drinks soda pop or he has breakfast cereals that have more than six grams of sugar in it, and he's worse at holidays or he has a lot of cavities, then he may be getting way too much sugar and needs to reduce that. Now, even the American Heart Association has gotten in on this, and they recommend that for children ages 2 to 18 that they have no more than nine teaspoons of sugar a day. To me, that's that's way, way too much. Yeah, um, that's a lot. But um, that that's what they say. Uh, one thing parents should know that if they look at the nutrition facts label on boxes or cans of food, that um, if you look at the carbohydrates in the product, four grams is equal to one teaspoon. So that gives you thought, some thought, uh, sense of of um, how much sugar is in a product. And now that they the manufacturers must list added sugars. So you know what sugar, if there's sugar that's not under the added sugars, that's sugar that's naturally present in a food, like apples would have natural, and milk has lactose, Mm -hmm. which is a normal um, milk sugar uh, that is inherent in the milk. So the the extra that's added 
Um, is the added sugar or oh, corn okay. sweetener. That gotcha. makes sense. Well, gotcha. I, we had interviewed someone um, unsafe at any meal. It was a doctor that used to work for the FDA, and and in her book she discussed that in 2010 and 2011 um, the manufacturers of high fructose corn syrup were supposed to discontinue the use of mercury in the processing and two stages they use mercury, and she said that they told the federal government they were going to, but in 2011, the Canadian government proved they did not do that. So she oh, wow. made a point of saying, when you're doing high-fructose corn syrup, 40% of the time, you actually have mercury in it. And yeah, that's, that's frightening. really depressing. That's, that's frightening. That's depressing because uh, mercury is just terribly toxic, um, and it's yeah. in lots of different things. Yeah. 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 So that goes along with the sugar itself is the issue, but then these hidden things in manufacturing. I always, right. I always wondered why uh, when you bought orange juice, it always tastes exactly the same, but when I bought oranges, they didn't taste the same. Yeah. Because <laughs> they, how'd true. they do that? Make it consistent. That's right. Uh, yeah. I yeah. don't know. I'm not a food scientist. You're right about that. The orange juice always tastes the same for yeah. a given brand. Well, and also there's a federal law that they don't have to tell us what their flavoring packets are in orange juice. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yep. That's terrible. That's terrible. That is terrible. So I'm thinking your dye thing and preservatives and, and sweeteners, that's what they're doing. And that's the flavoring packets. But they've passed a law. Because orange juice and oranges was such a major industry, still is, they don't have to tell us. I do believe that they would have to say if there's yellow dye in it. I, I don't know. I know it's a separate line item specifically. And the only reason why I know is because I interviewed the guy who was part of the FDA and quit because they passed okay. that law. Okay. <laughs> that was years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it was interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, part of me thinks like, okay, so we're kind of back to the you just don't buy much processed food, right? Um, exactly. And so then we get into maybe a little bit of like quality of food, right? So then you get into non-GMO, organic, you know, those sorts of things. Kind of where does that fit or the sort of quality of your food sources for your child fit in what parents should be thinking about? Well, I like to think of a child's body or an adult body as being like the most amazing chemical factory ever made. Mm. And in the front door of the factory, you bring in uh, the products of protein digestion, amino acids. Uh, you bring in essential fatty acids. You bring in the vitamins and the minerals. You bring in glucose, fiber, water, and oxygen. And once inside the factory, your body makes over 100,000 different chemicals out of those raw materials. So it's really important to have the right amount of raw materials coming into the factory. So you need to have a really great diet. Hmm. Makes sense. And, I, you know, being at sense. Purdue, um, they've certainly done a lot of research in agriculture and things like that, the quality of food that we're producing. So I would think you have a lot of inside information associated with the quality of foods that are being produced in the United States comparison to 1960. I know I had gotten a hold of the 1932 study where they did the first study of evaluating our fruits and vegetables for nutrients such as magnesium. Yes. And, but, right. And then I looked at 1960s and then 2000s, the last one. Well, they pulled the 1932 and I can't find it anymore. <laughs> but I remember looking at like magnesium was down 92% over it was in yes. 1932 over yes, 2000. Yes, disturbing. Isn't yeah. it? It's just, and, and, and it's Purdue doing it. No, I'm kidding. No. I'm not, 
Now, but it's how we're producing our food, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, it's the soil. It's the, yep. they um, encourage um, oh, what are, what would you call them? Um, say a type of tomato mm-hmm. that that is um, maybe pretty and and yep. tastes good, is sweeter and tastes good, but maybe doesn't have the nutrients that that 1962 tomato would have had at all. And at that's all. A, that's really alarming. I know that's a terrible thing. Well, and then you have to look at supplementation. So in these type cases, you've, you've noted some type of nutrients that you have to be concerned with. And mm-hmm. can you go over some of those with us? Yes. Um, magnesium is one. That's uh, been refined out of a lot of foods. And magnesium is important because it's a cofactor for over 300 enzymes in the body, including the brain. And it's a cofactor for neurotransmitters specifically dopamine and their manufacture. And, of course, dopamine has been indicated as being a problem in some uh, ADHD kids or perhaps all of them. And uh, sources of magnesium in the diet are nuts, beans, or salmon, chicken and beef, and green leafy vegetables. And a lot of kids are not consuming those foods. Yeah, green leafy vegetables? What's no. that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's and scary. Like 30, 30% of children 9 to 13 years old are not getting enough magnesium, and as high as 89% of those 14 to 18 years are not getting enough. And uh, a growing child needs about 6 milligrams of magnesium per pound of body weight. So if you have a 40 oh, wow. milligram child, he can have about 240 millig- uh, milligrams of magnesium. And of course, a hundred-pound child could have six hundred. The uh, if you supplement those, the the really the only side effect is if you give too much, there's diarrhea and uh, bloating and gas. But and children with kidney disease should not take magnesium supplements without the approval of their doctor. Mm-hmm. So okay. magnesium is certainly one. And magnesium can have quite a calming effect on some ADHD kids. Yes. And iron is another thing that's often deficient. There was a French study that found that 84% of the children with ADHD versus 18% of controls had low iron stores. Mm. So iron deficiency is important because it can cause, makes you think of, of being really tired and worn out. And, of course, these kids are bouncing off the walls. But it can be responsible for sleep problems and behavior problems. Mm. But it's important for parents to know that you don't want to supplement iron on your own. You want to talk to your doctor about it and have him measure the amount of serum ferritin in your child's blood uh, so that you really know whether he's low or not. Hmm. And then only if he's low should uh, that be supplemented by the doctor. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes Interesting. sense. Now, you mentioned essential fatty acids and B vitamins and things like that. Are they, are they priority items in these cases? Well, essential fatty acids can be really important. When I went for my uh, master's project, I uh, I studied essential fatty acids in 50 children with ADHD and 50 controls, and we found that about 30 or 40 percent of the ADHD kids had low levels of fatty acids, and especially the omega-3 fatty acids. Mm. And what was interesting, we also evaluated seven symptoms of fatty acid deficiency. So parents could keep these in mind about their kids. Here they are, excessive thirst, Mm. frequent urination, dry skin, 
dry hair, dandruff, tiny little hard bumps on the backs of your arms, and soft or brittle fingernails. And we mm. found that many of the children had a lot of thirst, frequent urination, and dry skin especially. But they all had any all they they didn't have the same ones of these, but they had uh, some of them. And uh, we found that there was an imbalance of omega threes to omega sixes in their blood. Mm. And this is generally true in the general population. We don't get enough omega threes, and we get way too much omega sixes. So the idea is to decrease omega-6s, which are found in soy oil, corn, safflower, sunflower oils, peanut oils, and to increase oils that have omega-3s, which is really not that many, canola and walnut oil. Of course, walnut oil is very expensive, although it tastes great. (laughs) Um, There are also certain beans that have omega-3 fatty acids in them, navy, kidney, and soy, Hmm. and flaxseed has omega-3s, and you can take a teaspoon of that and add it to a, to a smoothie and grind it up and have your child drink it, and that helps get omega-3 fatty acids. And then, of course, there's the cold-water fish like salmon and tuna and sardines that are high in long-chain omega-3 fatty acids, hmm. really important for brain function. And then we have omega-3-enriched oils which are also high in those long-chain fatty acids. And these were made because the hens were fed diets that had omega-3s in them. Mm. So it came out in the eggs then. Gotcha. So those are things that can be done. And then certainly supplements of fatty acids can be given. Right. Well, and and keep in mind frequent urination and brittle uh, hair and and dry skin. That's just old, too. I mean, I'm, I, I have to say that that's been for me. <laughs> for somebody Dr. Benzinger's old age, people. frequent urination that's is right. a problem. And that must mean I have ADHD, too. It's got to be. No, I don't think so. A lot of people have those. And a lot of people are fatty acid deficient. Yes, that's correct. Symptoms. Yeah. It's not confined to just ADHD kids. Yep. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Well, and so we've talked a lot about the food aspects, right? So the different um, ingredients that are included in processed foods, and maybe what foods to focus on. Um, but I know some of what you write about is also sleep and exercise right. and some other things like that. And so before we run out of time, because there's never enough time on these right. podcasts, right. Um, sure. I wonder if you could share a little bit about those aspects of um, helping your child with ADHD. What your kind of thoughts are for, for sleep and for exercise and some of the the non um, food related things well getting enough sleep is as important for ADHD kids as um, it is a good diet and everything else about 25 to 30 percent of ADHD kids have sleep problems and some of them can be severe in the United States the average child sleeps maybe eight to nine hours and it's recommended that every child sleep 10 to 11 hours so in general, our kids are not getting enough sleep. Wow. And not enough sleep has been linked to hyperactivity, impulsivity, inattention, ADHD symptoms right there, yep. aggression, conduct disorder, and lower scores on math and language tests, and poor school performance. So it's important that children follow good sleep hygiene. I talk about this in the book, about things you can do to help your child get a good snooze at night. And then if he still has problems after that, then I recommend taking him to a a sleep clinic, perhaps at a major university or perhaps your town has one, and getting help from an expert. 
because sleep is just really, really vital for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we've almost started to accept that there's so much to do that um, and because moms don't get enough sleep, uh, women don't get enough sleep, guys don't get enough sleep. Because we, we're always shoving so much into it, it's almost like we've accepted that for our children, and I and I really believe that lack of peace and calmness associated with that oh, is huge. I, oh, I agree, and I, and I think that parents of these kids who are not sleeping enough are probably not getting enough sleep. So if the whole family would get more sleep, then the parents will be better able to cope with the behavior of the children. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And exercise, you did mention that. I just want to make sure that we get in any other input you have with that before we have to close the show. Sure. Well, about 67% of American children are still couch potatoes. They're inactive. (laughs) And inactivity really is important because... It affects our brain and thinking and memory and learning, intelligence. So there are lots of benefits for getting ex- exercise. And then you sleep better. And, again, test scores are better if you get more exercise. So I recommend, for example, if you're in the afternoon and your child is struggling with a homework assignment, tell him to go outside and run around the house until he's out of breath for about 20 minutes or ride his bike around the block or put on music inside and dance really hard. The idea is to raise the amount of oxygen going to, and blood going to your brain. And so then after 20 minutes, have him sit down and see if he isn't better able to take on the homework. Wonderful. I love it. Yep, absolutely. That's great. Well, we do appreciate you taking the time with us today, Laura, to share about your book, which is Solving the Puzzle of Your ADD, ADHD Child. Um, if I wanted to get that book, where might I, where might I go to find that? Uh, you can buy it at Amazon. You can buy it from the publisher. Okay. You can buy it from my website, ADHD newsletter online. Oh, okay. Okay. Perfect. Well, we do appreciate you taking the time and sharing. Yeah, this is a lot, really a ton it. of great information. Great information. And I think we all can say that we either have kids or know people who have kids who struggle with ADD or ADHD. And there's lots of great um, insight in your book and resources for how to help Um, use some natural alternatives to to address some of the issues they might be struggling with. So we really do appreciate you being with us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Amy Baker, Dr. Sean Benzinger. Humarian Health Podcast. Spilling our guts. For the well-being of yours. That's right. Thanks for having the guts to listen to the Humarian Health Podcast. Make sure you follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Humarian Health. If you have things you'd like to gut check, send us an email at gutcheck at humarian.com. 